to me, evolution is on that level. How do we free ourselves from suffering? How do we free ourselves from negative thinking, from self-deprecation, from all the things that we do, just as, as, as an unconscious habit? We're in such a materialistic culture that our attention is being drawn constantly outside and we're learning to value ourselves from the outside in. Before we jump into this episode, I'd love to invite you to join this candid spiritual community to hear more conversations that will help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. All I want you to do is click on that subscribe button because I love your support. I love seeing all the comments pouring through, all the love pouring through, and we're just getting started. I can't wait to go on this journey with you, whether you're a spiritual seeker or you're just curious about the topic. And we really hope that our conversations will provide you food for thought and inspiration for your own spiritual journey. So join us for honest, candid discussions about spirituality for soul's sake. Yeah, Miller, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but I asked her off camera. I said, what should we talk about? And she said, evolution. And I just want to go, what? Tell me more. What do you mean? Like, you mean like ape to man or you mean evolution of consciousness or? I mean, evolution of consciousness. Yeah. I feel for me, at least that's the most relevant uh, thing for, for me in my life and my teaching. And I think for so many of us, we're facing, we're facing uh, circumstances in the world. And I think uh, in our own struggles and in our familial struggles, relationship struggles that have to do with uh, a stunted level of consciousness that we've inherited from our uh, ancestors, that we've developed through our life, um, a level of conditioning that is so thick culturally yeah. that it's holding us in patterns and keeping us in a level of of stuckness and i know so many people who come to yoga they they see possibility they see that there's a way beyond drugs beyond prescription drugs beyond all the things people are told to do yeah. to try to take care of the fact that they're suffering and they see in yoga oh there's an opportunity here and uh, for me, that opportunity is in the raising of consciousness, the, the shifting of our state so that we can start to perceive ourself with a wider lens so we can start to see where we're caught in unconscious, hurtful behavior to ourselves and to others. So to me, evolution is on that level. How do we free ourselves from suffering? How do we free ourselves from negative thinking, from uh, self-deprecation, from all the things that we do, just as, as, as an unconscious habit? Got, I've got chills. got hairs standing up on the back of my neck. Wow. That is a topic very close to my heart because even though the uh, practice that I love the most is chanting and kirtan and mantra, the principle, though, is evolution consciousness. Getting beyond the state of thinking simply about eating, sleeping, sex, and defending yourself in shelter. You know, how do I get past that 
And how do I elevate my consciousness to realize that I'm not just as a material being having a spiritual experience in a yoga class, but I'm eternally a spiritual being in my essence having a material experience. And that evolution of consciousness is something that I think is accessible. It's not too woo-woo, like it's not too ethereal. Ethereal, is that the word? Um, it's not too loose. It's it's a real thing. People are looking to change their awareness away from uh, just simply thinking about meat and guns and sex towards, I mean, I'm thinking about all those things because that's what I think of the USA, but yeah. oh, controversial <laughs> moment. I mean, getting off the airplane and seeing police officers with guns in their holsters was scary. Mm-hmm. Like I was tripping out. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about the first step for someone that is interested in evolving consciousness. Where does one start? Like, okay, say I've got Joe Joe Blogs listening to this episode right now, mm-hmm. and they go, okay, this is cool. Let's see what the first step is. What would you suggest is the first step for that person? Oh, it's such a good question. Again, many answers, but but here's one. It depends on how serious one is when one approaches that question. If you're really serious, I would say pause a moment and start to take inventory of your life and just look at just look at your life and look at the causes of pain and suffering look at some of the behaviors that you're engaging with that you'd rather not engage with look at um open yourself up and see what 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 are, what am i what am i seeking what would I, how would i like to be living how can i you know, what? what is my image of myself free of suffering? Perhaps start there and then make your way to a yoga class <laughs> <laughs> or a kirtan <laughs> or something. Yeah, make out of you, the ordinary. Yes. So you can just start to learn practices that use your body, that use your energy, that use your breath, that use your voice that use your mind, that can start to help you to break out of, you know, the the learned habit of who you are. You know, we all have a learned habit of who we are. It's all of our personalities and the construct that we've created out of all of our personalities that's creating our personal reality, our experience of life. And for so many of us, we're not loving our life. Or we're loving the fleeting pleasures of our life, right? We get the new car, we have the new relationship, we have whatever it is, or even more fleeting pleasure. We buy the thing that makes us happy in the moment, or we have the great meal. But then when that's done, there's still that feeling of emptiness. Yeah, exactly. And discontent and subtle misery. Um, so, So we want to have, I think, an intention to to grow and to evolve build a desire a desire it's funny because in the yoga tradition the 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 texts speak of two core desires and the first one relates to all of the things you mentioned self-preservation sleep sex and whatever the fourth one is i'm forgetting right now eating sleeping eating eating yeah sleeping sex self-preservation so there's, there's a core desire, but then the other one is to know oneself. And I think that we're in such a materialistic culture that our attention is being drawn constantly outside and we're learning to 
value ourselves from the outside in rather than the inside out. And so maybe even strip back everything I said before about the first step and just have that conscious decision that you want to know yourself more deeply. Yeah, Mark Twain says it best. Uh, there are two most important days. One is the day you're born and two is the day you find out why. You know, And I think that when we stumble upon, when we are gifted by another, the opportunity to consider what is the purpose of my life, that it's not just meant for self-preservation as you spoke about, but something greater. When that happens, for it will happen to every single person. Like I've spoken to tons of different people from different backgrounds, everyone from you know drug addicts all the way through to people that have been in prison to people that are you know fully let's call them hippies. You know I've met all sorts of people, but in every single one of their lives, at some stage or another, there comes a time where you can no longer ignore that there is something more than just self-preservation. That even if you don't believe in God, there's many people that maybe would be listening to this. I don't think many atheists would be listening to my podcast. But um, I'm, if you are, if you're agnostic, if you're thinking about God or disbelieve, then even then I challenge you to even write it in the comments for me. Have you not experienced a moment in your life where you've considered what the purpose of your life is? You have, right? So in that respect, then the question then stumbles. If you've got the question, what is the purpose of my life? What do I desire of my life greater than self-preservation? Then what's your next step? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. You could continue just going, I'll figure it out one day. That's most people's default, right? Mm -hmm. People will default just going, I don't know the answer, but I'll figure it out one day. Do you think that's dangerous? Do you think we should do something now? Or do you think there is a case for going, no, nah, I'll, I'll be patient, things will come? Both. Both. It's a yes and. I feel, because I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like you, um, I think if you have the intention to change, and we know like, in, you know, intention and, and will and willingness is like at the root of all, you could say, conscious movement in life. Mm. And so intention, intention to change is really good. And then holding that intention and then starting to, to create a vision of what life could be like. And I think for me, at least, when I engage with people, I see that for so many of us, we we need a greater vision of possibility. There's so much that we're receiving that is not speaking to possibility. And I lived in England for quite a long time. And I remember feeling when I was in England I, that part of what I actually love about the United States is that it's this land of infinite possibility. Yeah, Whatever you set your heart to do, you know, the idea is, the principle is what, that people live by, you can do it. There's a lot of opportunity for cliques here. That's what I've noticed. Mm. Like, no matter who you are, there's a place for you. Mm -hmm. Like You can be super weird and there's going to be people way weirder than you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's, it's just, that's why it's such an amazing place in one sense. Totally if you had a vision for the future of the way in which consciousness will evolve, what would you see that future? Like, I, I say future, but if you saw an idealistic vision of the future, what would be the best? Like, would you say have tons of different centers? Would you say that all yoga teachers should be talking about consciousness more than just the asanas? What, what, what does the future of evolving consciousness look like to you? Well, yes to those things. And I think that. Uh, every time somebody 
drops in and has that that real sense of self that it 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 activates a certain potentiality in the field if you like mm-hmm. and then it makes that possibility there for other people it's sort of almost like i see it like on the the cosmic level of the hundredth monkey coming to ever the cosmic what what the cosmic level of the hundred monkey concept this is me to think no tell me tell me there were a group of of monkeys on an island Uh that figured out how to wash potatoes i think i know more yeah yes and uh and so they taught each other one figured out how to wash a potato and then that became custom yes so then the hundred monkey idea was that when enough of of that group of monkeys and they said the hundred when a hundred monkeys learned how to wash potatoes. Now, suddenly, in all the neighboring islands, all the monkeys were washing potatoes. No. So it's that idea that you get enough people committed to raising their consciousness state, to uh, radical self-honesty, to taking steps to clear their their conditions of their past, to um, living up to their ideals and principles, to figuring out, you know, how to live a happy life and tap in, you know, to what that means. Now, the more people who do that, then the more available it becomes for everybody. Those are incredible. uh, Can you repeat them? Radical self-honesty. You know them off the top of your head. I don't. They just came through. I thought thought you'd like written them in a book. Those are incredible (laughs) chapter topics right there. I just want to go with radical self-honesty. Like, what does that mean? Radical self-honesty. Well, to me, that's the, 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 the beginning of all healing. Like, we have to get honest with ourselves. Where am I not being honest with myself? Where am I doing things in life that feels out of integrity with me? Where am I giving myself up with other people because, uh, because I feel powerless or helpless? You know, it gets pretty, it, it can go pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, I'm really, starting to get sucked into it now. My mind is going, worrying around the thoughts of my own life. Yeah. Yeah. Like really getting, really getting honest, so that we have a platform to stand on within ourselves, and then to be able to step forward from that. I mean, I can attribute, quote unquote, all the success that's been happening in my sharing to honesty. I think that that's more like one of my USPs. I don't like presenting in a way that I'm not practicing, and so when I share kirtan and mantra. I'll add anecdotes by just observing with honesty what I feel that I'm currently in a state of consciousness of. For example, like today when I was sharing, like we're, we're here at Joshua Tree at Bhakti Fest and um, part of the kirtan, I think I said something like, um, you know, uh, you should move the body because, you know, you'll feel the present. Anyway, there's a whole analogy about dancing that I get. I loved that yeah, analogy, movie. by the way. And yeah. I, I was like, oh, no, I should have written that down. <laughs> I mean, should I say it? it, it will it be a value? So it said, Rumi said it like this, that when you lie down and you chant, then God comes and sits right next to you. When you sit and you chant, then God stands right next to you. When you stand and you chant, then God dances next to you. And when you dance and you chant, and divinity embraces you. So it's not even it's not even Rumi. It's Tukaram that says this. God embraces you when you dance and chant. And it was in that moment of honesty because I was like, you know, it's eleven o'clock. I want to dance. If it's eleven o'clock in in the day and it's hot like this, I don't want to be sitting in a lounger complaining. Mm. 
But the self, that, that honesty just went, I'd want this. So then that's what I'm going to present. I'm not going to yeah. do it because it'll look good on camera. Yeah. I'm not going to do it because I think it'll be good for the gram. I'm going to do it because I think that's what I'd want to do if I was that. Yeah. And so that kind of like, and when we talk about now, now that's the presenter mode. That's, now let's zone in on my own consciousness and what do I want from the potential of my life to be? What do I want my life to look like in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? I like to say I'd like to be more and more radically honest. That's like, for me, it's it's almost akin with humility. Yeah. You can't be humble unless you're honest. That's right. That's and humility doesn't, here's, here's a definition of humility that really kind of strikes me. It's not, humility doesn't mean to think less of yourself. It's not like, I am so crap. I am so low. I am, you know, I am, I am, I am. It's not to think less of yourself. It's to think about yourself less. And you can only think about yourself less and be less self-absorbed when you're more honest that you are self-absorbed some of the time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. You know? I, 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 we went down a rabbit hole. We did. Okay. No, I love that rabbit hole. And, and then, and I guess if we look at, if we look at what the sages say, mm. and I always go back to the sages, they go back to the texts, I go back I love- to the core classical texts of yoga, because that's, that's to me the source teaching. Uh, it's, it's, it's about the mind. You know, master master your mind, master the world. Yoga is yoga's chitta vritti nirodaha. Yoga is the calming of the fluctuations of the mind, right? So we can rest in our essential self. How do we learn that skill? I didn't learn that at school. I learned to memorize things. I learned a little mathematics. Got layers upon layers upon. I think layers. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so how do you learn? To really master your mind, and in the yogic context, it's to be able to, it's to be able to recognize what you are and what you're not. I'm not the body. I'm not the thoughts. I'm not all my opinions. I'm not all my beliefs. I'm, I'm this witnessing consciousness here, traveling through time space in this body. Wow, what a great gift this is! I have all my baggage of my ancestry that I've inherited since I, you know, started to replicate in my mother's womb. I've got all the baggage that society has imposed on me and culture has imposed on me. Mm. I've got all of the baggage that I've acquired in my desire to try to fit into a world that is governed by all of these conditions. And so you realize in many ways on the negative front, you realize what we're up against to actually find true freedom and and feel that level of evolution, right? But then on another level, it, it's right here. It's right here. And it's right in the moment when someone right drops in to chant and their energy moves to their heart, their heart-mind start to come into coherence and all of a sudden, they're not feeling separate anymore. They're feeling, they're feeling one with everyone around them, one with you, one with the divine, and there's that moment. There's that moment. There's nowhere else to go with there. And then something happens and mind comes in, story comes in. I don't know, some impression. Yeah. And then we slip out of it again. We have to keep going to Kirtan. I mean, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to advertise it again if you want. There you go. Kia Miller, Kia Miller said, go to Kirtan. Please come to Kirtan. <laughs> John. Go to yoga, go to meditation, go and 
go and free the mind through the different processes of, yeah, of the yoga ladder. Go and free. So you get a glimpse of who you are beyond all, all of that. And I feel actually that is the starting point. You got to have a glimpse that makes a, a marked impression so that you know what you're shooting for. That it doesn't have to be an outside vision of what do I want in my life or who do I want to be or no, it's just a, a feeling perhaps, a feeling where you feel whole, where you feel present and you remember that and you're like, oh, I want, I want to get that back again or I want to learn how to access that on a more continual basis. That gets me very excited. This podcast is one that I love to just listen to and close my eyes because the way you speak, it's so poetic and so wonderfully phrased and so nicely directed that I'm going on a journey of the mind as you speak. It's incredible. Are you, are you also feeling that? I mean, it's incredible. Thank you for that. Thank you. If there was one piece of advice that you'd give the yoga community at large now, you've been doing this a long time mm-hmm. and it's changed mm-hmm. and it's changing and it will continue to change. That's the nature of things. Yeah. Um, what would it be? I, you can even look straight in that camera. <laughs> there's an emerging, uh, there's an emerging paradigm. There's a shift that's happening on so many levels. Uh, we can all feel it, and we can give different words to it and put it in, you know, in in different parameters. But this is there's a shift happening. There's a there's a new consciousness emerging. And as yoga teachers, we have to speak to that. And uh, I think very confidently to your point, we have to uh, we have to speak from our own direct experience. That's the transmission. When we've had a moment of union consciousness, of unified consciousness, when we've had a moment of feeling oneness, of feeling absolute awe and connection to all that is. We have to share that experience. We have to learn to speak from that place because that's the transmission that somebody can receive and they can feel it and they can recognize, oh, that's possible. Now that's what I want to shoot for. I want to shoot for that. And I feel that more than ever since the pandemic, people are willing to do what they weren't before. There's a different um, receptivity in people's minds to doing breath work, thanks to Wim Hof, to doing mantra and chanting. It's becoming much, much more relevant now that we know, um, and there's so many studies about neuroplasticity, how we know that when we're chanting and we're repeating a word, a phrase, it starts to repattern the brain. It creates new grooves, no, new ways of, 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 uh, of forming consciousness through that repeated pattern and that starts to heal the brain. And we know that these integrated practices that share not just asana and not just a workout, but using the body and the breath to change consciousness, using mantra to harness the full power of the mind so we can begin to penetrate into the depth of who we are and what's possible. Because what the yoga tradition tells us is that what we're living to as human beings right now is a fraction of what's possible. You just have to read the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali and look at the third pada, the 
third portion of that book and understand that we humans, we're wired for the extraordinary. We're wired for the mystical. Our pineal gland has the capacity to completely change its secretions given the right stimulation from the inside. We can change the secretions of the pineal gland and open the doorways of perception and find ourselves in, you know, a whole other reality that we may only uh, know is possible through psychedelics or whatever, but that that's within us. That's the potential. That's the potential. So if, if as yoga teachers, if as, you know, kirtan uh, wallas, if, or anybody's interested in consciousness, if we can keep reminding people of what's possible, then we're not going to just settle for the white picket fence and the two kids and the whatever it is that we've been told. And the lemon trousers. Anyway, that was a rant, sorry. No, it was not a rant. <laughs> Went off. I mean, I was like, I was going to drop the mic on that moment, man. That was flipping epic. Thank you. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Go out, have spiritual experiences and share that with people. Don't just share the moves. Yes. You know, even as Kirtan... Well, as if you want to be a kirtan devotee, you want to be a bhakta of sharing kirtan, then it's the same thing. You know? like My spiritual teacher he told me like this, for every one hour you spend in front of the microphone, spend two hours away from it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No. Have something meaningful to say. Yeah. Not just say for the sake of saying, yeah. you know, sing for the sake of singing. It's all well and good having a voice, but the, yes, look, the, the detail can look really nice. The form can look really nice. But the substance has to be there. And that's the substance which I think that uh, as we become more broad, as we become more and more accepting and accessible and relevant to the modern world, that's amazing as well. But let's not just be form. Let's just be, let's also have some substance, which means go out and have spiritual experiences. You know? Yeah, that's Go and right. find that and tran- trans, what's the word? Translate that. In a way that others can also have a desire for. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's incredible. Yeah. You had not even started singing this morning, or maybe you were saying doing some some primary. Yeah, I was praying to my gurus. <laughs> yes, I was going somewhere else. Oh. I was headed off somewhere else. Oh wow! And I was just drawn like a magnet. I heard that because it was an embodiment. I felt it. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going over there. That's where the Shakti is. That's where the presence is. And uh, so that's, to me, that's it. Yeah, I mean, anything good you see in me, and I think that any good teacher, sharer would say this, anything good you see in me is really a product of my spiritual teachers. Anything bad you see in me is definitely me. Yes. <laughs> you know, I've been given a lot of good stuff, so I just want to share that with others. I think that that's important. And clearly you have a devoted practice. Yeah, yeah. Our body knows. We wake up. We woke up this morning, and the first thing we did, we have we haven't even really touched the, the the what's that called the jacuzzi out there. We've got a jacuzzi out here. It's flipping amazing, but we've not even been in there because we still have to chant and read. Like that's away from the microphone. I have a certain amount of rounds we call them. Yes, couple mile rounds I have to chant. I haven't completed that today yet, and I haven't read today. But we were listening to a lecture on the TV while we we're brushing our teeth and you know trimming the beard lines and whatnot. Um, but that was all part of the morning routine, so it's important. I think that, that that message is really important to teachers, that we should find substance, have transcendental experiences, yes. and then transmit that to a way in which people will have a desire for that themselves. Absolutely. And and, and then, so then, 
at the heart of that is um, the the yogic right the yogic uh, concept of sadhana, and that is a spiritual practice. Yeah. So whatever one's spiritual practice is, and what I find is the the thing that transforms people's lives the most is having a dedicated time yeah. for themselves. That's that's not for any other reason other than meeting the divine within themselves or their higher reality. Yeah, there's a power of solitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much power in solitude. I think that more and more people think that, no, that's a weakness, that it's loneliness. No, my friend, no, there's so much power in getting your stuff together on your own. Like, there's nothing wrong. If if you find that you're feeling in bad company when you're in your own company, you're in the worst company. You know, you have to find yourself, be okay with being by yourself. Yeah, uh, and if you need to fill that time and space with just TV and I Instagram and that, then maybe just put it on pause. Like that's why I chose the space here because it's so far from the festival that I could actually just go. I'm not in the city anymore. It's nice to just be okay. What am I going to do with all this time that I've got when everyone else is sleeping? Because in the UK is eight, eight hours forward, so no one's bothering me. No one's bugging me out. I can just be by myself, which is incredible. I wanted to ask you, um, with the next generation of, you know, people who are exploring spirituality and those who are, let's face it, faced with a lot of options and a lot of choices. There's a lot of what I like to call bogey yogis out there. A lot of people that will give you a new name for 10 rupees. A lot of people that are willing to pray on spiritual, sincere spiritual people. What would be your warnings to those people? that generation? Um, you have to trust your intuition when you meet somebody. And uh, I think you want to really, before you give your heart to a guru, you have to check that guru out. Straight up. And you have to speak to people around, or you just have to watch. And are their actions, are their actions uh, congruent with what they're saying and what they're teaching? And I think that's really, really important. Discern. Discernment, yeah, yeah, because it's true. There How are, do you know what the standard is, though? Like, Well, I think you have to follow your passion, really, first. So is your passion yoga? And if it is, go to a yoga studio and right. find a teacher who inspires you and right. then find out, well, who inspired them? And then who inspired them? What's the lineage look What's like? What's the lineage look like? Or if you're inspired by Kirtan, you know, same thing. Yeah. And so that... So there's there's a there's a there's a reason there's a lineage, and I think that's that's important because you're right. Anybody couldn't just pick up and say, "Oh, I'm you know enlightened." I I went to, I went to a guru who came through Los Angeles who was recently. This was a few years ago, but he's he's been around. He's been around. He does the circuit. He does the circuit. Yeah. And I went to this talk because my 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 friend really wanted me. To and I went there and I knew, I just, I knew it. I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, mm, I'm right. something isn't right. And then partway through, he actually came down into the audience and he sat like three chairs away from me and he just declared, I'm enlightened. What? And it was just a moment where I was like, well, I think that if you were, you probably wouldn't, wouldn't be say declaring that. it like that. And um, I had to, it was that moment of discernment. And this is an important thing. I think we all have to develop our discernment. How do you develop your discernment? You've got to pull away 
from all the distractions and spend some time in self-reflection. Spend some time doing practices that help you to, to lift up out of, you know, the soup of your unconsciousness. So you can begin to develop discernment. Discernment is the key skill in life. Otherwise, how do we know what's real and what's ne- not real? Who's speaking the truth and who's not speaking the truth? And this came out during the pandemic, too. You could see that so many people would, did not have a connection to their own sense of knowing what felt like truth or not. Mm-hmm. Now we're vulnerable to what everybody else's opinion of truth is. But we have that. And if we tap into it and we're practicing and we're doing things that continually cultivate this relationship with self, we know what's real and what's not real. And we can live in accordance with that. That's freedom to me, is having that inner knowing developed. And so I can take any step in my life knowing that I'm connected to that. Freedom is not, you know, having all the things in the world or having no worries because that's an illusion. It's just knowing that I'm living in accordance with this intelligence within me and that I'm making my decisions based on that and I'm approaching people based on that knowing. So Some people are so poor, so poor, so poor that all they have is money. And that has been justified in, in, in the, yeah. the commercial stepping away it sounds really cheesy you know but just get a pen and paper just sit down for five minutes put some noise cancelling headphones on and write at the top of the paper what is it in life that I really want to achieve without all the kind of like don't try and live someone else's life because you'll end up doing it imperfectly what does your life look like from a spiritual perspective what's your spiritual goals you know and then once you've got that clear who are the people that I think can get me there? And then just start discerning. Cut that, 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 no, not that person, this person, let's try this, let's try that method. A little bit, there's a little bit of that. You'll find your way. Got enough time. Even though 60 years doesn't feel like, 70 years doesn't feel like much in a human body, it's enough time. Sure it is. Just use it wisely. That's a great candle. Should we do uh, some quick fire questions? Sure, do it. a quick fire? All right. I, uh, By the way, do you have any app? Do you have like a meditation app? Uh, I'm on Glow. Glow. Glow, yeah, it's a platform. I have, I have, you can, I just you can really do like a different it. class with me, uh, I think, every day for a year and a half. That's how so much content you got. Yes, I have about 400 and something classes on there. Wow. Yes. You also write. You have books. I, I haven't a book yet. I've written a lots of manuals, training manuals. You should I write teach people. I know any book publishers out there, can you get in touch with Kia, please? Because she speaks good sense, and I think she'll probably write good sense, too. So, yeah, you should definitely get a book in. All right, let's do some quick fire questions. Question number one. What's something you're curious about right now in your life? Consciousness. Thought so. Sorry, that was a bit easy. No, no, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Moving swiftly on. Question number two. What's something you're personally working through at the moment? Oh, layers of my ego. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you know when when we think something's about somebody else, mm-hmm. it's always about us. Is it uh, on some level? If it is, if we're on making some level it is, yeah. if we're making something about somebody else, there's something within us 
But really what I'm digging into is my unconscious motivations behind certain actions. That's I had a confrontation earlier today. And so that's what I'm thinking. I was like, nah, that person was just, we call it in the UK, papped. That person just had something else on them. Oh, yeah. And I'm now thinking, but it's also my perception of their perception. You know, I have to think there's also a part of me that's false ego that's hurt. Where's that coming from, you know? Mm-hmm. Something to meditate on. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Different layers of ego. Question number three. In short, what legacy would you like to leave behind in the world? You can't do that in short, but you can. No, you can't really, um, can you? Uh, a pleasant fragrance, you know, something alike. Literally? Well, that, well, you know, metaphorically <laughs> speaking. Metaphorically. You know, okay. yeah. Pleasant fragrance. We can go with that. It's easy. Question four, something you used to deeply value, but don't value as much anymore. Gosh. I, I call these like medium player. They're not really. Well, you know, maybe the easier thing for me is what I value the most mm-hmm. is my, my, my inner experience. So a lot of the travel or the things that I used to love to do have a little less like pulled to me i would rather just sit and journey within i'm looking for that one day i'm told that once i get a little older i've got a few more gray beard hairs <laughs> then it's likely i'll stop getting the wanderlust right now i just love being able to meet loads of different people from different places i'm in that phase of life mm-hmm. but i think that i mean my teacher told it to me that once i get a little older i want to just stay in one place and uh, I'll be happy that way. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Mm. I don't know. Question number five. If you could create one law, this is the last one, by the way. If you create one law that everyone had to follow, what would it be? Live from your heart. Oy. Right. Just live from your heart. Yeah. Nothing more to say on that. Love that. Live from the heart. Mm. Not just from the mind. Okay, well, thank you so much. That was an incredible, credible conversation. I genuinely feel like this is one that I'm going to listen to again myself because there was so much in the way that you shared in a poetic manner. It was like almost like you were speaking sutras, you know, like really beautifully. I don't know if you meant to be like that. Maybe your husband can attest. Does he always speak like that? Mostly, he says. <laughs> so, oh. He's got some of the ego layers like directed in <laughs> Sometimes, so I think he would definitely have to consider that one answering. Oh, but sincerely, thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it. If you've appreciated it as much as I have, drop it a share, drop a comment below, send it to a friend, send it to your neighbor. They might appreciate. They might appreciate evol- evolution of consciousness. You don't know unless you've tried. So um, see you on the next episode of For Soul Sick. And thank you so much for all your love and support. See you soon. If you love this episode, you'll love my interview with Mimi Icon on mindfulness to manifestation. Check it out. So I had this panic attack and I thought I was dying. So I go to my teacher and I'm like, I think I'm having a heart attack. Like, I'm so scared. And he's like, well, if you do, we'll call 911. This is back in Toronto. I was living in Toronto at the time. He's like, Mimi, you cannot run away from yourself. It's a panic attack, most likely. Like, now go back into meditation and sit through it and watch it. Any emotional reaction is like a storm. Like, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. 